0: You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson, back here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. And today, let's go ahead and break down what this win means for Jimbo Fisher, what this win means for Texas A&M University, how this will affect recruiting, and more importantly, where does Texas A&M go from here? Thank you so much for making us your very first listen every single day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, uh, the Odyssey app. Uh, YouTube.com, you know, YouTube TV. Hi, how are we doing? And of course, you can always check us out at lockdownpodcast.com. This episode of Lockdown On Aggies is brought to you by RockAuto.com, an auto-line auto parts service that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. Go visit RockAuto.com and type in Locked On on the how to hear about section so to know that we sent you. It's amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts you will ever need. RockAuto.com is the place to be. As always, if you're watching this on YouTube or on TechNook, my name is Cole Thompson. Name right down there below if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Mister Cole Thompson, I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. So anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12-man-related content found here on LLP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So somebody asked me this earlier this weekend, and it's not a big question. I mean, I think a lot of people already know the answer to this, but is this Jimbo Fisher's biggest win in college football history? Um, That's a double-sided question if you really want to get this right. I, I mean, I, I, I will say this. Last season, you can make a valid argument that the number three victory over Florida when Seth Small drilled that field goal was the biggest of Jimbo Fisher's career at Texas A&M. Because he beat Auburn. He beat Auburn in, I believe it was the Orange Bowl, in the final BCS standings to propel Florida State to a national title. If you win a national title, that to me is a bigger win than anything else you can do because if you got everything you wanted, the end goal for all 130 teams in the FBS is to hoist up the 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 champions trophy instead of the crystal ball. Now, yeah, now it's the champions trophy presented by Dr Pepper. It's that goal every single year, and if you get that goal, goal complete, and that's going to be your biggest win, I don't care if that's against Michigan State, I don't care if that's against an Iowa, I don't care if that's against an Alabama, I don't care if that's against an Ohio State, a uh, a team from the Pac-12 like an Oregon, an Arizona, I don't care if that's against Coastal Carolina, if you get that win, and you're hoisting up the trophy as college football's finest for X year, that's the biggest win in programming, that's the biggest win for you, that absolutely is. Now... Somebody like Nick Saban, he probably is sitting here and going, which one is the most important to me? Which one was the one that meant the most? You could probably make an argument that the win over Texas, because it was his first to start the dynasty in Alabama, is probably the one that's most prominent. You could also probably argue that his greatest game, according to him, was the one that they lost in 2017 to the likes of Clemson on the Hunter Renfro catch as time basically expired. You could make valid arguments on all those. For Jimbo Fisher... I don't know if the Florida win would have been the biggest win for him all time because he beat up on Auburn. He beat up on a team that was basically a team of destiny. I mean, I mean, if you really think about it, they were a team of destiny that year. They had the miracle of Jordan here with the uh, the block, the the tip ball pass from uh, I think it was Jeffrey Swain was his name from Georgia, right into the hands of Ricardo Lewis to waltz into the end zone. Time expired, game over. They salvaged their season. And then they get the kick six. They, they get the incredible kick six from Chris Davis, which will haunt every Alabama fan and honestly shock the college football world because of nobody will ever be able to see something like that, I think, ever happen again. I just I just don't see it happening. They felt like they were a team of destiny. And for Jimbo Fisher to get that win at Florida State is so influential because of it brought Florida State finally back into fruition. And, and we kind of talked about this, we kind of prefaced this, you know, throughout the year. Year one, year two, one, year two, year two, year three, year three. How correlated they were from Florida State to Texas a for Fisher. And how year four, he won the national title at uh, Florida State. a and you got to have a lot of things go your way. Like you have to have a lot of things swing your way for the rest of the season out. For you to go to the national championship. But still, I will say this. If he doesn't include that game at Florida State. This is Jimbo Fisher's biggest win. Because ultimately, you want to beat the master. Every single thing that you learned along the way, every single thing that you were taught throughout your coaching career, you want to be able to finally show that you've earned that respect. And I think a lot of people kind of sit here and go, did I truly earn that respect? Did I even earn that respect this season or any season because of I still can't beat the main guy. Like at the end of the day, I think everyone's kind of sitting here and going, Well, why do we not put anybody else in the same category as Nick Saban? Well, simply put, because nobody beats him. I mean, think about this for a second. I can count, I think, on one hand, how many coaches have beaten him in the last five years. Gus Malzahn, uh, you could throw in Dabble Sweeney, um, Freeze. I want to say that's, oh, uh, Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer in the uh, 2014 uh, college football playoff. Yeah, that's it. Like 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 that, it's a small list. It's not big. It's not like you see every other week, oh, Alabama loses to X team. Oh, Alabama loses to Y team. Oh, Alabama, 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 Alabama every single year. It's sometimes nobody beats them. Oh, Ed Orgeron, six. My bad. Got my dad. Ed Ed. So to be able to kind of be put in that category as one of the more prolific quarterback coaches in college football, to then be put in that same category for recruiting in college football, to then be put in that same category as... High end productivity, uh, bringing in a culture change to college football, like Nick Saban has. They're all things that do matter. And so, like when we talk about Jimbo Fisher, we always are kind of teetering on the line of where does he fit in that coaching category? Is he a high? Is he a tier one, but bottom tier one, or is he the highest of the high tier two? With a win like this, it kind of propels him into that tier one category. Probably still bottom tier. I, I mean, you got to consider that and consider. You got to put everything into consideration. They still haven't had, you know, a, a, a big-time national championship. They haven't been to the college football playoff. But they're playing consistent football for most of the time. And, and I mean, at the end, it, it all fizzled out. But, you know, that's a, that's a different story. For most of the time that he was at Florida State, Florida State was, pro, was very prominent and very dominant. And he has top-ten recruiting classes every single season. Players love playing for him. That's, I think, a big, big deal. It's very similar to what they do for Nick Saban. Everyone loves playing for Nick Saban. Everyone loves playing for Jimbo Fisher. There's not. There's never been a negative compliment out there. And right now, he got, finally got the win. He got the win over his boss. At home, might I add. On his birthday, I might add. So, is this the biggest win of Jimbo Fisher's career? I will go no. Only because of a national title means a little bit more. Only because a national title plays a little bit bigger of a factor. But... If there was a game that you're going to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and go, okay, this is the one that really matters the most, I would 100% say that this win will definitely go down and hit the history books. For regular season, absolutely, Eas- easily the biggest win in Jimbo Fisher's career. This episode of Locked Aggies is brought to you by Price Picks. All right, college football fantasy, let me give you a heads up on Price Picks. You're going to love this. It's daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Price Picks is the leader in college sports daily fantasy because they offer college football to anyone and all different props of the world: over/unders, passing yards, rushing yards, touchdown passes, touchdown receptions. So whether you're trying to go ahead and get somebody from the SEC, the Big Twelve, MAC nation, or even a small program like Tulsa, yeah, Tulsa they have a top ten receiver actually in receiving yards right now. So you got to keep that into consideration. You can make the bet by just using the promo code Locked On, and you will receive a one hundred percent instant deposit to match up to $100. You get 20%, yeah, you get you go drop in 20, they give you 20. You go drop in 100, you get 100. Just that simple. It's an award-winning app that you can find on the Apple Store or on Google Pay. It's entries made in 60 seconds or less, plus payouts are very cheap, affordable, and very discreet. You can get your money instantly. Stop sitting on the sidelines. Don't hesitate anymore. Go visit Price Picks. Use the promo code Locked On. L O C K E D O N lock on and go get your uh, go get the app from the app store or on Google Play today. Stop messing around, go win daily money every single day with prize picks. You know what I hate spending money on things I don't need, and one of the biggest places I do that is by going to the actual auto stop short because guess what? They know that they can up the price on everything, they can just send it up as much as they want to because if they know that you don't know where to find the part that you're exactly looking for that they have in their back warehouse i'll tell you where you can go look it's rockauto.com rockauto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years they have everything from engine modules to tail lamps to brake pads so whether you're trying to refurbish a call classic or just fix up on your daily driver go ahead and visit rockauto.com my dad was actually able to find a brand new uh, tail light for his hyundai santa fe just by going onto RockAuto.com, typing in the year, the make, the model, and asking about the low, low price. Plus, I'm going to tell you right now, the prices—they're very hard to beat. Go visit RockAuto.com and type in "Locked On" on the "How'd You Hear About" section so know that we sent you. It's amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts you will ever need. RockAuto.com—it's the place to be. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's turn our attention to the program in general. Is this the biggest win in Texas A&M history? Um, I'm not just gonna come out and say I'm not gonna waste all of time. No, it's not. No, it's not. But I will say why, because this is very important to preface. This is the biggest win that A&M will have as long as they want to prove that they are contenders. As long as they want to prove they belong in college football, they belong in the top realm of the SEC. As long as they want to prove that they can contend with anybody. The Georgias, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Oregons, the Clemsons, the Iowas, the, all these teams that you see rank top 10 every single year. This is the game. And this is a game that I think a lot of different coaches can use. For Mike Elko, a guy who I do believe eventually will become a head coach at the Rumble college football, and I actually do believe that there's a very good shot if AM wins out, or if they don't even win out, if they just win and they start playing very consistent defense, when he goes into job interviews, he has to go, hey, turn on that game. Yeah, that's what you are get in every single week. That's that. That's his tape. Like, that's his tape he's going to use for job reviews. And I think it would work brilliantly. Now, a lot of players, there's going to be a lot of film. For guys like Tyree Johnson and Michael Clemens and DeMarvin Lial and, you know, even Jalen Jones and Damani Richardson. When scouts are looking at the tape, they're going to be able to go look at this film and go, Hmm, excellent, great form, good bend, beating a f- future first-round pick on daily snaps. Yeah, he's draftable. They're going to use that to boost their draft grade. And then for younger guys like like Tyreek Chappelle, who was very much, and this is no no knock on him. The kid is a freshman. The kid is an 18-year-old true freshman learning how to play a position in college football in the SEC, I might add. It's a learning experience. They targeted his keister the entire second half. Putting him on an island with Jamison Williams was an absolute nightmare. You know what it reminded me of? Last season, when Jalen Jones had to cover Jalen Waddle the entire game, they basically said, "Hey, one seven, you got one seven. Best of luck." By the way, he's going top ten next year. Have a good trip. What did Jalen Jones do? He learned from the film. He picked it up, and now he's a so, uh, bona fide number one cornerback. Absolutely, nobody's going to deny that whatsoever. So you use that as a learning experience. Same with younger guys like Edron Cooper or Deuce Harmon or Bryce Foster or Antonio Johnson. They can use this for film down the line. But it's not A&M's biggest win in program history. And I'm going to tell you why. Because almost 10 years ago, A&M elected to lead the Big 12 with Missouri. They elected to go ahead and join the likes of the SEC where they would finally belong, where they believe they would be able to match up pound for pound with everybody. Now, keep in mind, A&M is still growing as a program. They are more so on the rise than I think any other program that we've seen. So Tennessee is still looking to come back. They're not there. Kentucky has like always this one really good year every three to four years underneath Mark Stoops. And then they go back to like five and seven or uh, or, or like six and six or seven and five. Like, like that's it. Like Like that's what they are. LSU is being very inconsistent. They're probably going to have to have a new head coach. And Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee doesn't have anything. Uh, Missouri's not doing anything. South Carolina can't come back. Vanderbilt, okay. Uh, Auburn is like the very middle tier team. They either are 10 2 or 6 6. There's really no in between between those two. So, got to keep that in consideration. Um, And then there's AM that feels like they can join that next rank. The top four teams every single year, it feels like in college, I mean, in the SEC, are Alabama. Georgia, Florida, insert West team here, which is right now, I would say a three-way race consistently between LSU, Auburn, and Texas A&M. But Texas A&M is slowly moving into that catalyst, into that category to where they actually are ahead of Florida, and Florida becomes number four, A&M becomes number three. But before any of that could happen, they had to show that they belonged in the SEC. They had to show they belonged in the conference where the quote is, it just means more. So what did they do? They had to go play at Alabama in 2012 at Bryant-Denny Stadium in a hostile environment, their very first big test to join the SEC, and behind the likes of Johnny Manziel, they pulled off the odds. 29-24, big-time victory, multiple plays, multiple highlight worlds. Johnny football's Heisman moment came inside of Bryant-Denny Stadium, and the tide was silenced. The tide went quiet. Now, I know what a lot of people are going to say, but Cole, did Alabama win the national championship that year? Yes, they did. They absolutely did. But it showed A&M belonged. It showed A&M could hang with the big boys. It showed A&M was not too big for their britches or in over their head, they could actually play college football in this conference. And ever since then, it's helped with recruiting. It's helped with building up the facilities. It's allowed Texas A&M to become the program it is today. And thanks to athletic directors like Scott Woodward and Ross Bjork, they have put hundreds of millions of dollars into the facilities to make sure that a and Athletics will be a contender in every single sport, but primarily in the main sport in the Lone Star State ever since. This is a big-time win for Texas A&M, and no Aggie fan should ever take this away, especially the young ones, the ones who are freshmen and got to experience this, the ones who are seniors and get to go out and go into the real world knowing that their last game at Kyle Field against Alabama ends finally with a victory. They finally get this win. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's not the biggest win in program history. Johnny Manziel's 29-24 win with Kevin Sumlin at the at the head coaching position, Cliff Kingsbury as his offense coordinator, just means a little bit more in my opinion. And the reason is because of without that gate, who knows where A&M would be today? Who knows where A&M would be all time? Who knows if A&M would actually be considered a college football playoff contender? If they would be able to grow and develop the program the way that they did. And of course, we all know what happened with Kevin Sumlin. Really hot start, kind of slowed. Yeah, you know, it's all right. And then, oh, wow. Went downhill fast. But keep that in mind. What happens? If someone loses that game. What happens if A&M doesn't have a good season and they don't get the recruits that they want? They don't finish top 10 in recruiting that, you know, in, in two years later, what happens then? Do they fire someone early? And then afterwards, who do you go get? Do you go get the wrong guy? Do you go get Chad Morris? Do you go get maybe a James Franklin? Do you go get somebody else? Or do you wait and then go get Jimbo Fisher, who is taking you to where you are? I'm somebody who believes that everything happens for a reason, and it's all based off of a plan that's already been well-destined beforehand. So Alabama losing at home to A&M was so prominent for the program because if it showed for them— they needed to win out and they did and they won the national championship but for AM, it showed we belong and even if we have to take another 10 years to get this right we want this feeling and it all culminated on Saturday night at Kyle Field which is huge for the program especially when it comes to recruiting against teams like Alabama against teams like LSU and now with the new two two uh, new two teams joining into the conference Oklahoma and Texas this might give them the actual advantage, so we're going to talk about that next. But before we do, does anybody else have this problem? I do my show every single morning, uh, the the uh, the Just Saying it show on the Sports Map Radio Network, and I come home and I go work out, and then I come and I go do my my normal day job, which is you know covering Texas A&M and covering all Texas sports for Sports Illustrated. But I sweat, and don't get me wrong, I live in the heat, human, muggy area of Houston, which is like, yeah, I mean it, it's going to happen, but. I sweat profusely when I really shouldn't be. And I just want to have an antiperspirant that really does work. I can tell you what does. It's called sweat block. It's very simple to use. All you do, shower, get out of the shower, dry yourself off, apply sweat block, sleep. And for the next 48 hours, you will not have pet stains whatsoever. So this works great for you for job interviews. This works great for you on the daily go. If you're meeting the family for the first time, whatever you have to do when you're in a stressful situation, Hold the sweat black with sweat block. Yep, hold the sweat back with sweat block. Go visit sweatblock.com today or visit CVS or Amazon and use the promo code locked on to receive a 20% deposit. I mean, 20% off on your very first purchase. That promo code is capital L O C K E D, capital O N locked on for 20% off at sweat block. Stop the sweat today with sweat block. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. College football is back, and with it, so are the likes of the new betting season. So go to the one place we trust, the one place we love. That's BetOnline.ag. Get daily picks, wagers, news, updates, and more. All the prop odds and bets contests. BetOnline.ag gives you everything you want. Head on over to the website and use the sign-up device to receive 50% off with a welcome bonus with your first deposit simply by using the promo code LOCKEDON. From football to basketball to MLB playoffs and much, much more. Stop your seat on the sidelines and get into the action right now with BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbooks experts. Lockdown Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, thank you so much for making us your first listen, but make sure you make your second listen. That's right, number two of the day with On SEC with Chris Gordy from Sports Talk Center for 790. Forty breaks down all 14 teams and everything you're looking for around the realm of SEC football, including great Texas A&M talk. Subscribe on the Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So how does this affect recruiting? All right, let me let me explain real fast to you guys for a quick second. So do you remember the last time Alabama lost a game? And, and I mean actually lost a game. I am not going to include the Auburn game. In 2019, when Tua Tagovailoa went out and they had Mac Jones playing against Auburn, I'm not going to include that game. Because what's amazing is Auburn almost lost that game with a backup quarterback who nobody thought was going to be anything. In fact, last season, most people were saying that we want Bryce Young at the start of the year over the guy who went number 15 in the NFL draft. And they almost lost that game. I'm not going to give them that victory. I'm just not. So it's LSU. LSU marched into the likes of Bryant-Denny Stadium and they beat up with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, all these superstars on Alabama close game just like this one with AM. close game but what happened LSU players marched on over to Brian denny Stadium sideline there they saw recruits both from LSU and from Alabama you want this feeling you want to know what this is like come to our program you want to know what this is feeling you want to know how we win you want to see you want to be a part of something magical come to this program Bayou Bengal, baby, walks off the field. You know what happened? LSU started getting recruits. They started seeing players that were looking to go to either Alabama or Texas or Texas A&M or um, Auburn or Georgia start to go to LSU. They actually uh, turned, I think, two top five uh, recruits. Now, one went away. Eric Gilbert was one who I know was, de- uh, he was very much destined to go to Georgia. He ended up going to LSU. He immediately committed as a sophomore. Didn't like it. Transferred to Florida. Week later, transferred to Georgia. Like, everyone said he was going to go to Georgia. Like, just done deal. Like, let's just send that in. He saw that game, went, nope, I'm going to go to LSU. Top five, top five player, I think the highest uh, graded out tight end of all time goes to the program because of one win. One win can change everything for a program. And I get it. A&M has two losses on the year m is not vying right now for a college football playoff just yet a lot of things have to swing its way I mean a bucket load of things have to swing their way that, and that, that and we'll talk more about that tomorrow actually because that, that's a really big conversation that we can have and I've actually done a big score chart on how am can still make the college football playoff it's not dead just yet it's just very much on life support that had life breathed back into it you have a pulse right now but a win can change anything. Any recruit who's sitting on that sideline going, do I want to go to Texas where I watch them lose to Oklahoma? And by the way, Oklahoma still is top 10 in recruiting. Keep that in mind. Oklahoma is still top 10 in recruiting. Texas is still anywhere between about 10 to 15. A&M is a solidified top 10. But Texas is about a 10 to 15. They always are like right there. They're either like 10 or they're 12 or they're 8 or they're 14. They're right in that range. Oklahoma gets to use this selling pitch right now. Hi, we're top 10 in recruiting. We have great facilities. We still have an amazing head coach by the name of Lincoln Riley. Oh, an S-E-C. Next to our name. That does not help Texas whatsoever. That does not help Texas whatsoever. It does, however, help Texas A&M. Because Texas A&M can say, Hey, we beat the number one team in the country. You at Oklahoma... Uh, had to go down to the wire with our new little brother at Texas. Hi, little brother. Welcome to the party. Um, Nope. Nope, you're not us. You're not there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Pay up, everybody. It's okay. Um, You're not going to beat us. Why would you want to go down to the wire with a team like Texas that maybe is not going to have a winning season when they come to the SEC when you can win with us? That's a selling pitch. That's easily a selling pitch. Got a better one for you. Edron Cooper was a kid from Louisiana who almost went to LSU. And then he fell in love with the program, and he fell in love with the background, he fell in love with uh, with all the athletic things that were at College Station, and he went to A&M. Hi! We don't know who your head coach is going to be next year. We do not know if you are going to even have a good team for the next five years. Do you want to go ahead and win some college football playoff games with us? Leave the bayou. Come to College Station. Another one for you. Hi! You have to play Alabama and win every single year in the Iron Bowl. And you're not good enough to go play at Alabama. But you are good enough to go play at Texas A&M. You want to come join us and win a national title? So you take recruits out of Alabama, the Yellowhammer State, and they come to the Lone Star State. Mississippi State. Hi, this offense is very complicated, and if you don't fit this offense, you're never going to play. You don't believe me? Kylan Hill was a 1,000-yard running back. And by the way, he had to basically quit before the end of the season, because of Mike Leach said, "Yeah, we're not going to utilize you whatsoever. Come play in our backfield." Wins like this mean something for recruiting because of it allows you to pick and prod at little things. Why go ahead and be on the number one team when you can go ahead and beat the number one team? Oh, and by the way, the formula is there because Texas A&M just showed it: good coaching, strong offensive line, very little mistakes, little margin of error, and a bit of luck. Bit of luck behind 106,000 fan base. And by the way, there's multiple people who said that the way that A&M and the 12th man was rocking on Saturday night played absolutely one of the biggest factors in the win. And it wasn't just because of A&M fans, you know, are so star spangled 12th man. Yeah, because they deserve to be. But there were actual people on Alabama side who said, I, we couldn't hear the snap count. We, like, like the reason we had false starts was because we could not hear the snap count. It was so loud. So why would you not want to go there? Why would you not want to play there? Why would you not want to be at that type of program? Wins like this do things for recruiting. And there's a lot of recruits right now for Texas A&M, who I believe is a number eight in recruiting. According to SI All-Americans rankings, I think they're number seven in recruiting for 24-7. I think they're number nine for rivals. So top 10 all across the board, they're like right in that six to 10 range. There's a lot of recruits probably thinking, I want to go play SEC football. Or do I want to go and sit for a few seasons because if I'm watching what's happening in Alabama, do I want to go to LSU who is going to have top-tier facilities but they're going to be in a rebuilding phase for at least two years? Or do I want to go to the program that just beat up on Alabama? Those are things that you have to consider all along the way. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson, name right down the there below and at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, Ken and AM actually make the college football playoff and if they can't what should they expect moving forward at least for possibly a new year six-fold game we'll talk all that much much more see you guys tomorrow and remember gimme all this has been locked on aggies presented by the locked on podcast network